0: Have you ever tried Curious Elixirs? They're booze free craft cocktails or infused with adaptogens to help you unwind. They're plants that benefit your body, helping you relax and de stress without the hangover. Use code Kimberly22 and get $10 off your order of $50 or more. Go check out Curious Elixirs. Thanks. Welcome to the Weekend Sober. This is Kim and Catherine. We have a special guest today. We have Ketia from um, the Sober Elephant Chronicles. You may know her from on Instagram. Thank you for joining us. Thank Welcome. You
1: for having me. I'm excited that we're able to sit down and do this because I feel like I listen to the podcast and then I read the writing and stuff, but it's always nice to have an actual conversation beyond what you kind of see on the, the page or the screen. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being
0: here. I know we, I feel like you were one of our like biggest, first, yeah. biggest supporters. Oh, so oh you. You, you were like really related
2: to you I know, so. in the early
0: days. And
1: it was
0: just, mm-hmm. I know I, we connected early on. So mm-hmm. thank you for being here. This is so fun. Um, and I also feel like we are all very alike. We are all, we have, we are moms. Mm -hmm. we have young kids, you have a Harper, I have a Parker.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I remember that.
0: Yes. Um, and also you stopped drinking right around the same time that we both
1: did, right? You were November, 2020. I'm November 1st, 2020. So a few weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. What are you guys? November as well. I'm November 28th and I'm December 24th. Oh my goodness. Okay. So at, after this year, we'll all be like t- into our third year of sobriety. Oh, right? I know. I know. It, it, yeah. I saw that. Did
2: you see that thing that I sent you? It was so funny. It was like, it was that it was not, it was like, Oh, um, I'm just going to have two drinks tonight. Um, no, God says I should have four. So, okay. I'll have 23. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <right? I'm> like- <laughs> That yes. is the, the logic, though, but right. I, I can laugh at that now. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that was totally me. Right. But it, there's no sensitivity around that previous life of mine. Do you yeah. feel yeah. that way
1: a little bit? Oh yeah. I think like, um, I was talking to someone today about NA drinks and she was asking me, she's like, um, cause I said, you know, I get approached by a lot of NA beverage companies, but none of the like, um, any spirits, so you know, like like the liars or the ritual or whatever. And I said, for me, like uh, that ritual of like pouring a shot and having a shot glass in my house and making a drink or whatever it is, like I'm still not there yet. So I do remember, you know, things like that. And I think to myself, like some people miss that ritual. And for me, it's kind of, I had to replace a lot of things with like different behaviors. And that was one of them. Um, So that, I don't know if that really answered your question, but yeah. I do get
2: it. There are some things that you (laughs) will not go back. And even, you know, I I feel the same way if that's what you're saying about like a ritual, the the spirit where it almost, it tastes like alcohol, but there's not, I don't want that.
1: And it looks kind of like it, Too because it's like it's like a nice, beautiful bottle, and I and aesthetically, like it looks great. But for me, I think I would just I haven't totally broken those like cords or whatever it is that that kind of um part of my routine. So, like, it was the same for me. And if I was to just like have think about having one or whatever, it never once I opened that bottle or poured that first drink, it was never like a conscious decision to be like, Oh, I'm gonna get after that now, like, but it would just, why would I just have one? Like, exactly. it, it, it makes
2: sense to me. That was
1: how, <laughs> That was how, that was
0: exactly how we were. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. in terms of, yeah, those, <laughs> the, the non-alcoholic drinks, is, it's very interesting to me. And I have not, ne- I have yet to jump on board with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe in my third year, I hope sobriety I will, but yeah, um, there's so much, um, Uh, I, I don't know for me, I, I, um, in terms of the shots and the hard alcohol, that's a whole other thing, but I definitely was, um, you know, taking shots and drinking and hiding it. So I was, I was definitely like, that's a whole thing. Like, yeah, that was bad for me. Um, but the beers, like I've sipped on one or two non-alcoholic yeah. beers, and I know
2: people who love them. Yeah. Beer was never my thing, so right, I right. You love, I love curious elixirs. I love
1: them. Yeah, I've heard really good things. Really yeah.
2: delicious, and I have ha- had those since the beginning. And if people would come over, I'm like, oh, but you know, they're adaptogens. They're yeah. so herby, right. so they're. Right. They're like,
1: like a kombucha kind of idea. That's what I was trying to say to my girlfriend. I'm like, I like like the idea of like something fun kind of beverage with like, whatever adaptogens and like, um, herbs and stuff in it that like tastes cool, but like not, I get sent like beers and stuff and I'll try them if I get sent them, um, Harper and I, we're going to try, that's, there's a company, I think it's Badass Mom Wines or something. Yeah. And they sent like little, they almost look like little champagne things. And she wanted to try it with me. So I was like, we'll put it in the fridge this weekend <laughs> or whatever. I think a lot of their tar- target market is uh, pregnant women. Did, but yeah. So, yeah. They sort of shifted yeah. into that. And so I'm like, okay, but I'm the same, you know, I haven't, maybe year three will be the year that I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get back into, but I never really drank that way. It might start exactly. out. Exactly. That that's like to I, drank I, drink. Drink.
2: I drank to get drunk. Right. Yes. So, uh, so this was to have something in my hand. Yes. Yeah. That was special. I needed yeah. I wanted that special feeling of having yeah. something for me that I knew wasn't exactly. at all.
0: So I so as you know, I'm having a book launch yes. next week, So my book's coming out. And um so for my party, I'm doing a party like a launch party. Yeah. And um Curious Elixirs sent me a bunch of drinks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm like, woohoo, like this is great, but like I don't drink it. But this is good because I can't right. yeah. I, I'm not offering alcohol at this event. No. And also I talk to badass moms and they're sending what? a oh, they ha- yeah, they're sending me a bunch of and it's sparkling why they're so cute, it's sparkling, it's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. so and it's she started and I talked to the owner Save and she money. yes, okay, because okay. I can't Catherine okay. can't be there, but um, <laughs> I spoke to the owner and she started it when she was pregnant, and then she realized yeah. because she wanted to be able to drink, but obviously, um, and she realized there was a need for it for women like us that still yeah. wanted to drink but didn't obviously want to have the alcohol, which is just so funny when I was talking to her because I was like, I am the exact opposite of that person because mm-hmm. I didn't drink because I like the flavor. I drank yeah. to get drunk. I almost like would drink in like like pour it into the back of my throat to and like oh, I would chug it. it. The, yeah. burn.
1: the burn yeah. I wanted the, I wanted the burn and then the like the okay. immediate like okay now I don't care about anything yeah anymore. like then I would just wait for the numbing of
0: like my brain I,
1: I was a secret I was a secret stasher like hi- hiding drinks and stuff too though and when we immigrated I'm Canadian and my daughter and I immigrated here in December 2020 so I was like a month sober <laughs> and oh, wow. I my mom had come oh my goodness people thought I was crazy but my mom had come down to Ontario to help us pack up and stuff and when she packed up the apartment after we left she found so much I didn't even remember where I'd hidden stuff at that point and it wasn't even like a big apartment but it it, was really poignant because I was like thinking about it now I feel you know so sad and and whatever for that girl and I just want to like hug that person that I was then because I think about the lengths I went to to keep alcohol in my life and what I felt like it gave me but actually it it took so much from me you know and I see that now but honestly I would have I lied I did so many things to keep alcohol around and it's uh yeah, yeah it was interesting and she never like made light of it or anything but I I carried shame around that for a long time so that's something I'm you know working on um Right now,
2: anything that she would was she aware or was she
1: nervous when she found the bottles? Was yeah, so she actually that summer, like in like June or so, June or July, June, I think of 2020, she had come down to visit my daughter and I because I grew up on the other side of Canada in Edmonton Mm -hmm. and we had been living outside of Toronto for like 10 years before I moved here. And she came and she At that point, like I was hiding it too. So, like, she would take my daughter to the park. I would like slam back like a few vodka drinks and then a few shots. So, sometimes they'd come back and I would be like slurring my words or I'd be ready to like pass out at like seven o'clock kind of thing. She sent me an email after um, my daughter and I had come to the States for the summer. We like it was during the pandemic and we managed to get a flight over and we stayed for like a month or whatever. And she sent me, an email and the title was the elephant in the room so my it's my account's called the sober elephant chronicles and uh that was also my grandmother's favorite animal so it all kind of but she in that email she I talk about it in the essay I wrote in that um my last hangover that just came out and she she basically had said like I I know that you're struggling like I see uh I hear the slurred words and I smell the vodka or whatever like but in a in like a really non-confrontational way. Well, I was pissed. I said to my husband, he was my fiance then. I was like, I just like totally downplayed it. I didn't show him the email, but I basically like smoothed it over. I was like, oh, she's overreacting. So of course he was on my side because he only got my side of the story, right? right? I painted her in this like really bad light. And, and I, I refused to talk to her for like a month or two. Um, and then I found my way to the luckiest club. And I started going to their meetings and I guess this is the end of my story, not really working back, but yeah. So that, that was kind of what happened, but I think she, she did know she moms know, I feel like moms know something. They don't
2: just know how to deal with it. And I think generally, generationally, I think Mm -hmm. we're at a new frontier on how to parent
1: honestly, right? Right. right and I think technology and stuff even if I think I try to put myself in my shoes like if Harper was struggling I mean I think I would know the signs even if she didn't say something having been through addiction myself but like even then how do you bring that up because you're she told me later like she was so afraid of losing me altogether she she didn't know like I was very prickly because of course like I'm drinking, my moods are up and down. So I would like, it was like a pendulum. Like you never knew when I was going to like explode about something. So she just didn't, she didn't want to rock the boat with us living so far away and me having her only grandchild too. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of held that over her head, I guess.
2: But with that, not consciously, that's what you were doing it to protect what you thought you needed to protect for yourself right, right. And like that's what that, that's like the shame I want to take out of all of it is that yeah. really uh, there's so much deeper stuff that we're wanting to co- not deal with that
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know right that,
1: that, that was it and you just and when you're covering it up like that and protect it right something threatens it or encroaches it on that of course you're going to try and defend it because otherwise that exposes you and then then you really have to face up to what you're you know what you're trying to cover up whereas if you just freak out people are gonna you know but they never my mom never like turned away from me but because they were on the other side of the country it was only when she was visiting that she would see how bad it was because at that point I couldn't I couldn't go a day without drinking I, I would drink in the morning right you know so it was it was, it was bad by that time. Um, yeah, I, I
0: relate to you and <laughs> your story so much. Um, I too went to the luckiest club.
1: We were mm-hmm. probably in some
0: of the same meetings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind
2: of timing probably. Yeah.
0: Um, I, what I had really, um, I did a great job of hiding it all from my husband. He had no idea that I was sneaking it from him. Um, yeah he still to this day was like, when he read some of my blog posts and, and when he read my memoir, he was like, wait, you did that. I had, he had no idea that I was drinking in the morning by the end. And this wasn't, it wasn't, um, consistent Mm -hmm. for years or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the last few months, certainly during the pandemic, it got really bad. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, he has known, he's known me since I was, you know, 18 years old. So, um, you would think that he would yeah. be able to tell when I was drunk, but I got so damn good at describing it. Um, yeah. you know, like it's I like knew, you knew
2: him so well yes, and you know you I, knew what to hide from him.
0: Exactly. And when on. I would start to get a little buzzed in like slur slurring my words, I would get really quiet.
1: Yeah.
0: Knew, yeah, And I would act and I would be That's like, so funny. I never knew that. And I would be like pissed at him. I would pretend that I was mad at him. And then I would like, <gasps> re- and then I would like close the it down. That we would play. Yeah. But oh. that, yeah. And it would oh be like gosh, a Saturday sure. afternoon. And he'd be like, why are you in such a bad mood? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh like in your head, at him, just like, like quiet. I couldn't talk because I was too like drunk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we consciously think this now and you're like, okay, this just sounds crazy but that when you're in it that's again all you could do to protect yourself and and the one thing that you felt was like your lifeline or your sanity or it was your escape or it was the one thing just for you so you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna protect that and I I was the same I wasn't drinking in the mornings till probably the last year or so and it was off and on but every time I would try to like completely give it up I couldn't and and my fiance we were living in separate countries But even when I told him, it was like out of the blue one day, I was like, oh, I joined the Luckiest Club. Like, I've got a bunch of meetings this weekend. And he's like, for what? And I was like, for sobriety. And he's like, and he honestly didn't even really know. He was kind of like I was. I thought sobriety meant rehab and only celebrities went to rehab. The rest of us were just normal drinkers. And we just, some of us got drunk sometimes and we just had to figure out how to handle life, right? So when I told him that, he was like, so even to this day, he I did an Instagram live with him like last summer and I asked him some of these questions about whether he had any suspicions or whatever. And he was like, um I smelled it on you once when I came up he would drive up after work and come and visit me on a weekend it's like a seven hour drive from Pennsylvania and and he he was like I smelled it on you one time that was the time where I fell asleep waiting for him he was locked out of my house oh, <laughs> He no up in Canada in the winter it was like oh. <laughs> poor guy sleeping in his <laughs> car And I'm drunk. Right. And I, you smelled a little funny. (laughs) but He never, I was his like angel, right? Like he would have never said anything. And, and, and to this day, he doesn't ever make me feel shameful about stuff like that, but I would black out a lot when I was drinking and I never knew that it was blackouts until I got into sobriety. So if you ask me now, yeah, I probably was blacked out that night. I remember, Little bits and pieces. So maybe I was browned out or something. I would say yeah, out. yeah, I know. I know. Like you can pull in some pieces. Yeah, but...
0: like chunks of black fragments. And then all of a sudden, I'm in the brown out.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was always worse, like that next morning, where I'm telling, oh my gosh. And he's like, yeah, we talked about that last night. I'm like, I know, but was eating so your sunbathing? amazing? Maybe really about it yourself oh, by the end, I would, it's cringy. By you know? the yeah. end,
0: I would get my daughter to ask Evan. I'd be like, go ask Dad what time mom and dad came home last night. and yeah. like, I, I would use my kids no as like oh. I kind of. Course, do yeah, I mean it was, yeah. it was awful. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it is we can laugh about it, but you know the something you brought up was the shame of it. And I Mm -hmm. honestly feel as though for me in the beginning, the shame was the hardest part and thinking Mm -hmm. about some of the things that I did, um, thinking about, you know, and that's actually a question that I get from a lot of my readers and people on Instagram is, you know, how do you deal with the things that you did when you were drinking? How can you give yourself as a mother? And Honestly, it was really very, very hard for me too. Um, and it's finally sitting with that, with that, you know, the shame, sitting with the feelings of disappointment in yourself. Talking about
2: it, like we're doing, yeah, right. Uh, and people and right, fi- you and have finding to find the
0: community and finding mm-hmm. people that and realizing that we are all so alike. Look at the three of us are sitting here and talking about such similar experiences,
2: right?
0: Um, and not blaming yourself for honestly something that was out of our control yourself. and forgiving yourself. Right. But you know, alcohol is a drug, is a substance that wow, yeah. you know, completely took over. And um, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, how can you put yourself out there and write about all these things that are so private and so personal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why? You because know, and it's everybody and goes through something. Yeah. And there's um freedom in that vulnerability and telling your story Mm -hmm. and and putting um you know allowing others to see that it's okay Mm
2: -hmm. to screw up yeah
1: right I think I think that's it I think you like I said at the beginning when I thought about that girl that I was when I was hiding the alcohol in the house and like I would just have like plastic bags everywhere and then some were garbage bags and I like in my backseat like I constantly bring them to sometimes I would just throw them out at a dumpster at my job or like I would bring them to the liquor store and you could return them in Canada and get money or whatever but I think about that girl and for a long time I couldn't even think about her because I just like I just felt extreme sadness and shame that like I used to take my daughter to return the the empties with me and i would take her to the liquor store with me they knew her the liquor stores i don't know if they do this in the states because i've never been to a liquor store here but they have like uh like a prize bin for kids like a little like we what have, i was thinking about tootsie the pops. one
0: the
2: tootsie pops near for, two- for, for
1: two- yep. cheese yeah
2: yep. uh, my kids would always want to go treasure, treasure chest or something yeah. Yeah. like can
0: we go to the one near but two cheese yeah, can yeah. We- yeah they knew they knew which ones they're
2: like oh it's it's almost like the liquor stores are taking the shame out of it for us and making it
1: totally and and so like so Mm -hmm. for a long time I couldn't I couldn't um deal with that and I recently like three months ago started doing um, working with a therapist who does internal family systems or IFS. Yes. Yes. I was telling Catherine about, oh, this. about yeah. IFS. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's been life-changing because it's allowed me, there's no agenda. We don't write out like, here's a list of your trauma. We're going to go into these, you know, the difference between that and some other types of therapy, you know, even for a while I wanted to do EMDR and I couldn't find an EMDR therapist who for was taking the people down here. Yeah, yeah. I, I know but I'm like, uh, oh, can I do that? So when I found this and we started doing some work and, and it's just been organic the way that things have come up. And it's allowed me to connect to these, all these different parts of me that felt so disparate, like so separate from each other for a long time. So like, I felt like I was this one version of me floating around living my life and it would be like an out-of-body experience so there'd be me going to my job and and trying to hold things together working at the pet store and like popping out of them before I go to work because I have the shakes and then there'd be me being a good parent some days to my daughter taking her to the park but then coming home and having you know wine and vodka or whatever there'd be me waking up hungover barely able to function there'd be the me I said I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to show up in the world in a certain way right. and now there is still those versions but they're in harmony with each other because they're they're all authentic parts of me and I think those parts before were so out of alignment with who I was at my core that that's why I felt sick in, in that whole addiction thing was that I just was not showing up as who I was. And it was very hard because I'd beat myself up about it because I'd be like, Ketia, you can do better than this and you can be better. But I couldn't in those circumstances. I was a single parent when my daughter was 10 months old. I'd come out of an abusive relationship. I really, I had no family on that side of the country and I had my pride so I never told them that anything was wrong, you know? And half the time it'd be like, I'd, I'd have conversations with them weekly on Skype or whatever. And I'd be the same. I'd have a blackout. I'm sure I wouldn't remember what I said to them or whatever. And and it just, it's it's so nice to be able to know that there's that harmony, inner harmony, and that um, when things come up, I'll get anxious at first. I have anxiety. Like something came up in therapy last week, and we were good. We were good. And then I just burst into tears. And then it was, but it washed over me. And it's so powerful when you let those emotions wash over you in sobriety for the first. Well, all the time, actually, there's always something new that I'm like, Whoa, oh, I can handle this! I'm a badass, <laughs> yeah. Yes. To know
2: that, yeah, I, I always call it like yes. I lost my shine. That, yes. where the hell is my shine? I can't yes. find I'm feeling that myself, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and it was the last piece I feel mm-hmm. for me was to quit alcohol. Yeah. It's yeah that's a deadener there's uh, no joy and there was there's no, five there was, minutes yeah. of joy right Or
1: that's 20- why it's so it's so wild to me that because I'm 41 and there's people I know in sobriety who are in their late 20s or 30s and I don't think it would have happened for me then I feel mm-hmm. like I had to come into it at 39 and do it this way because it's like I I moved out of home when I was 17 and I kind of cut ties with my family of origin, not in a bad way. I just was, I lived in England and I lived all over Canada and I, I never, I was always that kind of gypsy spirit and I never wanted to put down roots anywhere. And it all came together. When I met my now husband, we met on Instagram of all places on an old Instagram account. I had, I was trying to be a fitness influencer or something. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) we met on there, but that was the catalyst for to give me the, the belief in myself when I didn't have it to be like, okay, I need to stop running from whatever, all these things that I'm running from my whole life. I've had a good, great life. I've traveled a lot of places, but I, I was never connecting to the parts of me that were yearning to to be looked at and to be listened to and to be seen. And so those parts coming out now, it's always like a cool experience where you're like oh i didn't know i liked uh, doing crafts with my kid on a, whatever you know little yeah. things and you're like i used to hate this when i was drinking cuz drinking was so right. selfish it was like taking the joy out of all of these situations yeah. all the time you know yeah.
0: yeah you were constantly looking for something else that distraction um to, you know, you yeah. know that Drink, to take you away to take you away to yeah. escape from that moment instead of being in that moment I, I know, like you were saying, like you didn't have that, like you lost your shine, and like you just, it's true. It's like, yeah, joy was just stripped from everything. Yeah. You couldn't find joy in, and I always say that by the end, I couldn't even feel like I was trying to. F- feel in some way. And I was like, maybe this shot of vodka will make me feel better. And I'm like, that's going to make me feel better for about five minutes because I'm so fucking hungover, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um,
1: it literally would make, it would just numb it, you know, just everything would just feel like used to the numb. numb. um, Right. I did not know that so many of these feelings even existed. I think one of the greatest gifts of sobriety has been for me like the learning and the um the the kind of marrying of the intellectual side of what addiction and what drinking does to you, but also the spiritual side and understanding that there was there was so many parts of me that all parts of me were affected by my drinking. It wasn't just a, a physical addiction and and yeah. now going into our 40s and and all the hormones you have in like perimenopause and menopause When I think about drinking now I'm like god no like yes, I know you can't yes. think about having a hangover plus being yes. in that stage of life like, I know I know? know
2: and then thinking like I would be sweating probably because I was hungover you wouldn't even know the difference though you between sweating you're hungover oh my god no so, so
0: bad. So our first year of sobriety was sort of like getting through the first month, the second month, blah blah. Yeah. blah. So like the second year was then sort of experiencing all it Life. all with like mm-hmm. new clarity, right? So that now I feel like our third year of sobriety yeah. is going to be even more I think enjoyable in the sense yeah. that we won't be like white knuckling it like we were the first year. We mm. won't be like,
2: what is the second year going to be like, Yeah, I, And but no. I don't feel like, Oh, what's the third year going to be like? Like, I don't, I just feel, I feel like it's going to be like strength and joy. I really feel yeah. like there's so much more strength built among us that it's well, I have a question for you guys. How, yeah. so this is what I struggle with is that like, I try to
0: remind myself <clears throat> what it was like when I was drinking in the sense that I couldn't convince myself back then to stop drinking obviously and i'm not trying to convince anybody because everybody's on their own path to do it, everybody so has to get there on their own but um how like how do we um kind of like remind ourselves or how do we um what's i don't know how to say this but like um you know for those people that aren't quite there yet yeah. you know like what can we do to um
2: Show them that's that... really funny that you're asking this because I kept thinking about it the whole time you were talking. Yeah. That's her. what I was thinking. Like, you know, it's like, well, you know, people, it's like when you were talking to your mother, like we knew, she knew like to some degree and we, yeah. we can't make anybody change. Yeah. We can't, but Like if and they're listening here, right. And like someone who hasn't stopped drinking yet.
0: Like I just, that's what's so hard. I'm like, I just wish I could have grabbed myself by the face like this totally. and been like, Kim, the life you are living is- drinking is so not that great. Like yeah. just stop drinking and give it a try. Like, that's what I want. I wish I could go back in time. You know. Obviously I wasn't ready. And I and you firmly be- believe that it took everything it, right. it took to get me to where I am. Like you were saying, Casia, yeah, like, um, I had to stop drinking at the age of, how old was I? 38. Um, you know, like that was how long it took and all the right. experiences it took to get to that point. But like, oh, I have so many like thoughts about
2: like, well, Oh, I, I just wish like, I
0: could tell people. Think about you know, what like we would get
2: wasted. Right. It's so mm-hmm. funny. We were wasted. I, this just came to me. So bear with me. Okay. Get Wasted. We were wasting our life. Yeah. We were yeah. wasting our time. We were yeah. wasting joy. We were not even present. So it's it, it's worth the shot to think that you're then wasting time of a beautiful life. Yeah. And do not be afraid of the scary part of facing it because guess what there's always another side of it.
1: And and then- and, and honestly if you can for me and for from talking to other people it's been almost this like when I look back on my life I was kind of always on I, I was always a seeker and trying to be like I was on this quest to find I didn't know what at the time, right? And in sobriety, it's really become like a spiritual quest. I'm I'm not talking any sort of name for anything or whatever, but whatever spirit, whatever your essence, your soul, whatever it is. And until I could remove the noise from my life and the chatter and the external substances, when when you think to yourself, alcohol is not inherent to you. You're not born drinking right so this is something you have the power to remove why not just give it a shot for for a month or for whatever give it a shot try life a different way and tell me that you don't notice some type of difference because you will they're guaranteed and obviously we're not medical professionals i i ended up in the hospital with withdrawal symptoms all the time so there's that side of it do things safely but be open to the idea that you will be able to tap into that spiritual side of you unadulterated when you remove something like alcohol, because it is a substance that is not inherent to us. It's not, and you are inherently worthy of trying to, of of finding that, you know, so. Right. Inherently worthy of a better life. Yeah. Yeah. And if you
0: have even the tiniest doubt, listen to that little voice, right? Yeah. And
1: it's, it's hard when you, for me, or in any case, I, I often find if it's someone outside of of you, it, it's only going to hit if you're ready. You can say, oh, well, that person h- did end up going to rehab. Well, they were obviously ready then because yeah. I I think it, it so many times it could have crossed my mind and my mom could have made little hints, but I was not ready well something she said in that email must have struck me but I still was pissed off at her so I still secretly had to find it out for myself I had to go to TLC meetings with my camera off be drinking my wine or my vodka for a couple months before it actually even hit and then I woke up the day after Halloween and I was just like and I hadn't even gone out I drank on my own at home um Harper was at her grandparents for the weekend and I was like I can't friggin' do this anymore. I was literally laying on my floor so sick from myself. And I was just like, this is it. And I, you know, and it, it, but it had to happen that way. Anyone could have told me anything. And I think for me and for a lot of people I've spoken to, that does help. Oh, but you know, never, my mom never gave up on me, but I still had to know it for myself. I still had to, I was building evidence. I wanted to see other women in sobriety. I wanted to see other people who looked like me doing it, right? Other moms. Part of your, your journey. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you so much. This is amazing. Can we do it again? Yes.
1: Yes. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do a regular thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Those you those can be a regular, regular thing. Yay. Awesome.
2: Yes. I would
0: love that. Um, us thank us you so
2: much. You're a doll. Thank, thank you for having me. Best luck and big hugs to Harper. All thank
1: right. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.